going to start out this morning, and I'm going to pull a David. And I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions. Rowan goes, <laughs> I'm going to ask some questions today, and I want you to think about them, because that's kind of where I'm going with this today. I just want us to think about it. I want us to think about what the crucifixion and the resurrection means for us. So we're going to start out with John 20, 1 through 18. And then we'll get into a little more here. Somebody want to open in prayer before we get started? Rosanna, you want to open us in prayer? Father, we just start with a hallelujah. You are risen indeed, and we are just so grateful um, for the sacrifice you made, the pain you took on for us, and just for that victory that you rose again. And um, with that, you purchased our eternal life. We just thank you and praise you. We praise you for the opportunity to come together today and not only gather in your name, but celebrate that you are our risen Savior. And we just ask that you be with us in our service today, um, be with us throughout our day, throughout our week, throughout our year, and help us to just carry that resurrection joy in our hearts at all times. Um, we just ask that you give mom the, the words that you would have us to hear and just open our hearts to hear and receive and to just... Um, ponder and think about this miracle that you did for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You know, sometimes it's kind of hard to step from roll to roll to change your hats real quick. You know, I'm dog mommy, and this morning I was dog mommy and cooking and, and trying to say, I'm late getting here, I apologize. Um, but, you know, something, it, it just happens. Um, so let's go ahead with John 20, and we're going to look at verses 1 through 18. Now the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early, while it was still dark, and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Then she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciple, whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Peter therefore went out and the other disciple, and were going to the tomb. So they both ran together, and the other disciple outran Peter, and came to the tomb first. And he, stooping down and looking in, saw the linen cloths lying there, yet he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb, and saw that the linen cloths lying there, saw the linen cloths lying there, and the handkerchief that had been around his head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded together in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, who came to the tomb first, went in also, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not know the scripture, that he must rise again from the dead. Then the disciples went away again to their own houses. But Mary stood outside by the tomb weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting, one at the head and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. Then they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? And she said to them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. And when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there and did not know that it was Jesus. And Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? She, supposing him to be the gardener, said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where. Tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. And Jesus said to her, Mary. And she turned and said to him, Rabboni, which is to say teacher. And Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my father. But go to my brethren and say to them, 
I'm ascending to my Father and your Father and to my God and your God. And when Mary came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things to her. So why did Mary stay at the tomb when the other two left? What was her reasoning there? Do we know? I mean, this, this is audience participation. I'm, I'm wanting answers because I don't have all the answers. I have suppositions. I can guess, you know, and I don't think we, any of us really know. But why do you think Mary stayed there? Anybody? I think she's still in the grieving process. Okay. Anybody else? Jennifer, why'd she, why'd she stay? I think she was just waiting. She knew it wasn't really long, maybe. She knew it wasn't over? Anybody else? She had to see what was going to happen. That's right. She was a woman, right? We, we, if nothing else, we are persistent. We're going to see what the deal is, right? Anybody else? I don't think she believed quite yet. She was yeah. still looking for the body. Right. She was she kind of in shock. Why, why didn't John go in when he got there? He just stood there and... <laughs> it's like, I can see him scratching his head a little bit, thinking... He was not sure whether he wanted to. Right? Right. I mean, this is, this is a, it's a cave. Come on. It's a cave. It, it's hewn out of a rock. It's a cave. It's probably dark in there. Yeah, there, there might have been bugs in there. Spiders. Paisley spiders. <laughs> Paisley says, no, I don't do spiders. Anybody else have any ideas? Could it be that she just was so dedicated to him that she just couldn't leave? Okay, here's another one. Why was she the first one Jesus spoke to? No, this is not that Mary. This is Mary Magdalene. This is Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene, remember, was a woman of questionable reputation. And this day, she would have been, I'm trying to think of a nice way to say this. She would definitely be ostracized. She was nothing in the eyes of people at that time. The women would not speak to her. She was a woman of the night, or had been. Women wouldn't speak to her. Men were only going to speak to her in private, very private. so that nobody else knew. So she was not, she was a woman of ill repute. There's the words, okay? She had been a woman of ill repute. She had been full of sin. Could she have been there because she knew what God had done to her? She knew the change that had taken place. Why did Jesus talk to her first? Maybe because he knew how dedicated she was to him. He knew her every sin, every one. I was thinking of reassuring her that everything was okay. Okay, yeah. Because I'm thinking, like you say, he he helped her through her transitioning period. Right. Okay, to help her even see it and understand it. And now he's gone. Like, who does she have? What does she have left? Because That's right. With him gone, it's like her protection's gone, her guidance is gone, and she's back to everybody hating on her. So to right. 
So I, I, that's what I think. Okay. Now, see, these are questions that maybe we've not thought about before. I don't know. Maybe you have. You know, I don't know. I don't know. Everybody's mind doesn't work like mine. He loves greatly. That's right. That's exactly right. Jesus had much invested in her, and she had much invested in him. Her life depended on his forgiveness, and she knew it. So here's the big question for the day. What makes the resurrection of Jesus Christ so important to the Christian faith? What's the... There, and I don't think you can say one thing because it's, it, it's a multiple-encompassing answer. Why is the death and the resurrection so important to the Christian faith? It is our hope. It's our hope. Terry. If he wasn't resurrected, there wouldn't be no reason for us to be sitting here. He wouldn't be arisen. He wouldn't be a living Lord, would he? He'd be a... Yeah. Just like the rest of them, all the all people that came before him that claimed to be him yeah. are dead. Right. Are dead. Yeah. He's the only one. And even, right, and even the, um, the, uh, the, uh, the clergy at the time... Um, they said, hey, he'll go away, he'll die like all the rest of them. Right, you know, they because they didn't away. believe. Exactly. Or did they? Some of them did. You know, and I there were a few that did, but why were they so afraid of him if they didn't believe it? Because he was taking away, he was bringing truth. He was taking away their money and power, exactly. too. And, and the fact that he was bringing truth was the fact that they were being exposed for their um, falsehood. Mm -hmm. And like you say, their livelihood. So here's, here's my response. When he rose out of the grave, he proved true every single word he had said. He proved true every single promise he had made, as well as fulfilling 44 different prophecies of who he was, 44. Now, I'm, I'm not going to read them all, but I'm going to go through some of them and, and, you know, tell you what some of them were. Let's see. Let me start at the beginning. Okay. Christ will be born of a woman. Genesis 3.15, Matthew 1.20, Galatians 4.4. 4. Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. Micah 5.2, Matthew 2.1, Luke 2.4-6. 2, Messiah would be born of a virgin. I'm not going to go ahead and read all the scriptures because we were, would be here for a long time. Um, Messiah would come from the line of Abraham. Messiah would be a descendant of Isaac. Messiah would be a descendant of Jacob. Messiah would come from the tribe of Judah. Messiah would be their king, would be heir to King David's throne. Messiah's throne would be anointed and eternal. Messiah would be called Emmanuel. Messiah would spend a season in Egypt. A massacre of children would happen at Messiah's birthplace. A messenger would prepare the way for Messiah. Messiah would be rejected by his own people. Messiah would be a prophet. Messiah would be preceded by Elijah. Messiah would be declared the son of God. Messiah would be called a Nazarene. Messiah would bring light to Galilee. Messiah would speak in parables. Well, he definitely did that. Messiah would be sent to heal the brokenhearted. Messiah would be priest after the order of Melchizedek. Messiah would be called king. Messiah would be praised by little children. Now let me find the next one. Messiah would be betrayed. Messiah's 
price money would be used to buy a potter's field. Messiah would be falsely accused. Messiah would be silent before his accusers. Messiah would be spat upon and struck. Messiah would be hated without cause. Messiah would be crucified with criminals. Messiah would be given vinegar to drink. Messiah's hands and feet would be pierced. Messiah would be mocked and ridiculed. Soldiers would gamble for Messiah's garments. Messiah's bones would not be broken. Messiah would be forsaken by God. Messiah would pray for his enemies. Soldiers would pierce Messiah's side. Messiah would be buried with the rich. Messiah would resurrect from the dead. Messiah would ascend to heaven. Messiah would be seated at God's right hand. And Messiah would be a sacrifice for sin. So there's 44 prophecies and a whole lot more scripture than that. Each scripture has at least two, sometimes four and five um, scriptures to go with the prophecy. If you want those, I'll tell you where you can find them. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> so Christ. Rising, rising from the dead proved true all his words. He also proved true all these prophet, prophecies about him, correct? So, now, another thing we're going to do. We're going to think back a little bit. We did it yesterday. We did communion, first time in a year. So, it, it may be, we, it, for most of us, it was like, oh, yeah, this is great because we haven't done it for so long. But let's think about communion. We're going to read Luke 2, 22, 14 through 22. It says, When the hour had come, he sat down, and the twelve apostles with him. Then he said to them, With fervent desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. In other words, I couldn't wait to do this. I am so excited about this. For I say to you, I will no longer eat of it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took the bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it up, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This is the cup of the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. But behold, the hand of my betrayer is with me on the table. And truly the Son of Man goes as it has been determined, but woe to that man by whom he has been betrayed. So why did Jesus say, do this in remembrance of me? Because I don't think the disciples got it yet. I don't think they really thought he was going to die. I think this was Jesus' way of saying, look, it's coming. But later... You're going to do this, and you're going to remember what I did. My body broken for you. He was beaten. He was scourged. Ronnie went into this yesterday, and I'm like, no, no, no. You know, it wasn't just a whip. And we all know what a whip can do. It can lay open flesh like a knife. But it wasn't just a whip. He was scourged. It was a multi-faceted thing that had more than one whip on it, you know, could have been braided, probably had metal, glass, something tied on the ends, so that it took the flesh from the bone. I mean, and not neatly. I'm talking gouging, nasty. It was not pretty. It was a horrible, horrible thing that happened to him. And his body was broken. I mean, it was all the man could do to carry the cross. That's why Simon of wherever he was from had to carry the cross. You know, he couldn't do it. His body was broken. His blood was poured out. Those wounds bled. 
He bled long before they put the, side, the spear into his side. He bled. He bled for you. He bled for me. He was torn. He, he did all that for you and me. I don't know many people that are going to take a beating for me, much less to have the skin and the flesh torn from their body. I don't know too many people that are going to do that. Have any of us when... Maybe when you were young or a kid, you know, maybe you got into some mischief. Not that I ever did. You know, I, this, is all, this is all supposition. And then, you know, maybe you were with a group of kids and, and the, the, your friend's parents found out, but yours didn't. So they got in trouble. And you're sitting there going, I could have been, I hope mom never, found, oh my golly, that, oh gee. You know, because maybe, maybe they got a beaten, maybe they got... Uh, grounded, you know, I don't know. Did you feel guilty? Has any of that, has anybody ever happened to anybody? I never got away with anything. You never got away with anything. <laughs> I mean, sometimes brother and sister might take the rap for you. Sometimes it might have been a friend. I didn't do anything like that, so I really, I can't say it. But I would think you would feel really guilty, right? You know, watching somebody else take a punishment that you know you deserved. So if you can relate to that, cool. If not, okay. It, it, it was just... Everybody's good here. Nobody did anything. <laughs> but anyway, that's what Jesus did for us. He took that, that sin that we did, and he took the, the fall for it, didn't he? His body was broken for us. His blood was poured out for us. Those 39 stripes he took, they were for you. Zoe, they were for you. Rosanna, they were for you. Frankie, Terry, they were for you. Mom, David, Rowan, they were for you. Ronnie, they were for you and I. Jennifer, Brian, Paisley, they were for you. Each one of those stripes were for you. They were for your salvation. They were for your healing, for your deliverance, for your sanctification, for your protection, for your righteousness. For your eternal inheritance. He did it for you. He did it for me. And that's why he says, when you do this, do it in remembrance of me. Remind yourself what it cost me. Remind yourself of what I did for you, of how important this is. Remind yourself of the whys. Not just the what I did, but why I did it. We need to remember all of it. And you know, sometimes we, we gloss over. And you know, yeah, it's a wonderful holiday. It's, it's spring. The flowers are blooming. We get to dress in pretty colors and dress up. And we have a nice meal. Maybe a family gets together. You know, it's great. We go to church. Sometimes we have breakfast here. Maybe like this morning we're going to go have somebody else cook for us with the child. Great. But we have to remember why. Why? Let's go back a little bit farther. And I'm not, you don't have to turn there and I'm not going to turn there. But think back to Exodus. When Moses was on the scene, you know, he was on the job and he was, he was pleading with Pharaoh to, to, to get the people out of Egypt. And I can, I can see Moses now. Remember Charlton Heston? Let my people go. Anybody else see Charlton Heston when you hear those words? Let my people go. Pounding his rod. Was it on last night? 
that when I hear those words, I always think of him. You younger ones, you've probably never seen the movie, but you really ought to. I know it's it, the, this, the, the filming in what it is today, but it's still a good movie. But anyway, he goes on and, you know, God had softened or hardened Pharaoh's heart so he wasn't going to let the people go out of Egypt. And, and the final straw was he was going to send the death angel. And so Moses told the people, you know, you, and Ronnie talked about this last week, put the blood across the door frame and, and over the lintels. Put that blood on there and anybody inside that house will be spared. Do you think that death angel came through and he peeked in the window to see who was in that house? No. He didn't care who was in there. All he cared about was they were covered by the blood. Well, guess what? We're covered by the blood. As long as we're covered by the blood, we have these things that we just talked about. Eternal salvation, eternal inheritance, righteousness. We have it all because Jesus shed the blood and we're covered by it. You know, but it goes one step farther. You know the, re, the, the commercials that say, and Ronnie, we, we always laugh at these. You see a commercial and they're advertising something, and they say, but wait, there's more, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, I'm sure everybody's seen these commercials for that. You know, it's the chopper or it's the Ginzu knives or whatever anyway. But wait, there's more. Do what? We're double, yeah, we're, no shipping and handling. All you pay is one fee, you know, but wait, there's more. There is more. There's more for us because now we have a living Savior. Because he rose, he's not a dead God, right? Even if Jesus hadn't rose, God would still have been alive. But it wouldn't have kept the words true. Jesus would have been proven a liar, and we know God is not a liar. So we have a living Savior who sits at the right hand of God, who is our advocate before the Father. So when we do stumble, when we do sin, and we talked about this yesterday, and we all do, we have a, an advocate sitting there saying, hey, hey, Dad, don't worry about it. I got it. I, I took care of that. Hey, Dad, it's covered. Don't, don't worry about it. They're forgiven. Hey, Dad, see that? No, it's gone. It's washed away. It's covered by my blood. We have an advocate with the Father. You know, I was reading last night, and I don't even remember which, which of the, the ones it was, that when Jesus called out his disciples, he said, and if you forgive them, they are forgiven. And it didn't mean that the disciples had the power to forgive. It meant reassure them that if they ask for forgiveness and they accept me, they're forgiven. They're forgiven. And yes, we are to forgive, but we can't forgive sin, right? Just a little, break it down there. But Jesus can plead our case every time because he has the authority to do it. Why? Because of his love for us, his eternal love. And that's why he did it, because he loved us so much. So this is a really a personal relationship that we have with Jesus, isn't it? it it's between me and him. It's between you and him. He knows things about each of us that probably the world will never know. And thank God, because, you know, there are things we don't want the world to know about us. But Jesus knows it all, and he forgives it all. It's personal. 
It's personal. If Jesus could cast out seven demons from Mary Magdalene and forgive her sin and make her pure, he can do it for us. And that's why we have all these examples in the Bible. God uses broken people all through the Bible, doesn't he? He uses people that society would have considered a throwaway like Mary Magdalene in today's language. You know, maybe some of us might have been throwaways at some point, or maybe we thought we were. I don't know. Um, but Jesus did it all. But it's so personal. And I think that's why Mary stayed. I think because it was so personal. Like we said before, he did so much for her. She was devoted. Now, I know probably most of you have already accepted Christ your Savior. In fact, looking out here with those of you here, I know you have. But here's the thing. You ever had an air seep out of your tire? How about a balloon and you see it and and then all of a sudden it's... And it goes... You know, sometimes we need to ask the Holy Spirit to come in and fill us back up. Because... Let's face it, sometimes life just sucks the air out of you, doesn't it? Sometimes the world can just suck the life out of you. And sometimes the world and all we deal with kind of can take our faith a little bit. We become afraid. We become fearful. Um, we, maybe our, our, we, we start to question things. Well, God, is that really you? Or, you know, are you really there, God? Do you really love me? Can you really forgive me of this? So sometimes... We need to just step back and, and, and do a renewal. We need to take over. We need a do-over. And what better day than today to just kind of renew your faith? And that's what I'm going to ask you guys to do this morning. I'm going to ask you just kind of to recommit. You know, even King David in Psalm 51 said, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a right spirit in me. And I think that's something that we all can say. Create in me a pure heart, O God. Renew that right spirit in me. I know sometimes I need the reminder, and I, and I often say, Oh, Lord, give me a heart like David's. Make, 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 me, make my heart white. Make me pure. You know, just because some days I feel like I've let him down. And I don't know if I really can let him down. I'm sure I can disappoint him. Um, but I think sometimes we just need to reaffirm that, that, that we are his and he is mine. And just to um, go forward and, and live the life that he wants us to live and do the things that he wants us to do. And, and I know this probably isn't at all what you thought was going to be today, but it's what it is. So I'm going to ask you guys to just bow your head. And um, let's just kind of recommit to him this morning. Jesus, we just want to thank you for the promise. We want to thank you for your sacrifice. Oh, Lord, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, that we may be covered once and for all by your atoning blood. We thank you, God, that you sit at the right hand of the Father and you forgive us of our sins. I ask, Lord, that you apply it to our hearts and our lives today and that you stir each of us up, Lord, with a new fire, a new passion for you, a new passion, Lord, for the work that that you have for each of us. I pray that you would use us these coming days and years and years ahead, Lord, for your glory. We thank you, Lord, for the promise of life. We thank you for death and the resurrection and that you delivered each of us through that. And we thank you, Lord, that you are alive. And because you are alive, we too can live. We can live eternally with you. 
We give you praise and we give you glory, Lord. Renew that right spirit in us, Lord God. Fill us to the brim with your Holy Spirit that, that we'll go out of here, Lord, confident in who we are, confident like Mary Magdalene was and who she was in Jesus. Lord, we thank you and praise you and give you the glory and the honor. Hallelujah, Lord. Amen.